birthday to me. I go and stand at the door at the end of the service and say goodbye to everybody and everybody says happy birthday. I turned 35 today. And um, the end of the financial year, as mum and dad always remind me, and uh, my husband, my lovely, my dear husband, your pastor, wrote me a card today, um, and he said, dear Bex, happy 36th birthday. (laughs) I said, darling, I'm 35. (laughs) And uh, apparently he uh, decides, works out my age based on his own age, so it's probably even sadder that he got his own age wrong. And so it threw mine completely out. So, but um, having an amazing day at church and so excited to be able to be bringing this message to us today. And it's the beginning of a, a new series that we're doing in the lead up to Easter and we're calling it From Death to Life. And uh, really what I actually want to zero in on today is uh, this whole idea of plot twists, when plot twists happen in life. And, you know, when we watch movies, most of the time, I kind of can tell what's going to come, right? Like, movies, TV shows, it's real hard, and only some movies can do it really well, where they throw something in that you just were not expecting. Most of the time, you know what's happening. Like, you can see it coming, right? But then there's, like, one movie or one show, and you're like, wait, I did not see that coming. I just did not know that was gonna happen. So I have become quite involved in and attached to a TV show called When Calls the Heart. It's a hallmark show. It's very corny, very cheesy. Steve cannot stay in the same room as me when I'm watching it because he just cringes the whole way through. But it gives you all the feels. It's very clean. Um, and anybody, any other hearties in the room? Hearties? Oh, yeah, you know who you are. If you, if you know you're a hearty, you're a hearty. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so if you have not watched to the end of season five, you need to block your ears right now because there's a spoiler alert coming, okay? So... Here's our show, right? From the very beginning, season one, we have watched the love story blossom between Elizabeth and Mountie Jack. And we have watched and wanted and hoped all through the series that they would get married. And then finally, in season five, they finally get married. Block your ears now. Only to have three episodes later, Mountie Jack dies. I was devastated. I was literally in my living room bawling my eyes out. I just didn't see it coming. They only just got married. We were still all celebrating their marriage. They'd only just got back from honeymoon and he dies in a landslide. Like I just didn't see it coming. I was like, that's not how the story is supposed to go. I don't know if in your life you have found yourself saying those words. This is not how it's supposed to go, right? We get something comes along your way and you're left standing there going, this is not how the story is supposed to end. I just didn't see that coming as a nation. We had one of those moments only a couple of weeks ago when the news broke of the Christchurch shootings. Or I'm sure you, like me, sat in front of your TV going, this isn't supposed to happen in our country. Like, it's not supposed to go this way. When Steve came home and told me about it and said, turn on the news, I was like, 
are you joking? And he's like, no, it's real. It's happening right now. I'm like, it's not supposed to be this way. It's not supposed to go that way. And I have no doubt that in your life, you could pinpoint right now as you sit here, you could think back to plot twist moments. Plot twist moments where something was thrown at you, where the unexpected happened, and you know that from that moment on, your whole life changed. And that's what I wanna come around and talk about today. I wanna talk about the, the pivotal circumstances in your life that can threaten to change everything. And under this, this new series from death to life, the question is, can God bring life in those moments? And so we're gonna look at, um, there's a story in John 11 about a, there's a plot twist moment in this story. And I think that, you know, as I read the story, I know for the very first time, the plot twist, I just didn't see coming. And this story is about a man named Lazarus. And in John 11, we can read in verse one, it says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. And we later find out that actually, he's not just sick with a cold. He's like so sick, he's gonna die. And so it says, he's from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. The Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Why do they tell you that? They tell you that because they want to establish that Jesus knew this family well, that he was a friend of the family, that he had walked with them through different seasons and they with him, that they, uh, he wanted to establish that Mary was able to see because of her relationship with Jesus, see him in a way that everybody else missed because there was this closeness there with this particular family. And so the sisters sent word to Jesus. They said, Lord, the one you love is sick. Jesus got some bad news that day. Jesus got some bad news about these people that he loved. And I wonder if you've ever had that kind of news. That news where you've been sitting in the same chair of Jesus, as Jesus and in a hospital room or a doctor's surgery and someone says to you, the one you love is sick. I wonder if you've had some news that has completely thrown, blown your day apart and caused the course of your life to change completely. I wonder if you've had that kind of news about your marriage, that kind of news about your job, that kind of news about your finances. I wonder if you have ever faced the kind of news that Jesus faced. Can I tell you that it's always in the news we aren't expecting that our lives are shaped the most. The news that we aren't expecting, the plot twists are the times and seasons in our life that actually shapes who we are the most. Lord, the one you love is sick. So in verse four, it says, when he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that the God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Now, hang on a minute. For most of us, we sit there, we read that and we go, what? Like Jesus, you've just, it's just established that you love Mary, Martha and Lazarus. You've just established that Lazarus is like super sick. And then it says, so he stayed where he was for two more days. Like Jesus, hello, 
It's not supposed to go that way. That's not how the story's supposed to go. The story's supposed to go, Jesus loved Mary, Martha and Lazarus. Lazarus is really sick. So Jesus gets up immediately, goes to them, prays and a miracle is there, right? That's how the story's supposed to go. But there's a plot twist in this story. And it says, it says, Two days later, he says to his disciples, let's go and see Lazarus. It's time he woke up. I kind of feel like Jesus is acting pretty casual in this circumstance. Like Jesus, this is an emergency and you're not, there's no urgency that I can sense. Two days later, he just gets up and goes, come on guys, it's time Lazarus woke up. Have you ever felt like there has been an emergency in your life, but Jesus is just like acting super casual about it? Like there's no urgency in how he's moving or doing or being in your circumstance. So when Jesus tells his disciples, come on, it's time to go, listen to what one of his disciples says. This is Thomas, dear Thomas. This is what Thomas says. Thomas says to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we might die with him. Oh, precious Thomas. Thomas, he's lovely, isn't he? We Thomas, we know Thomas. I feel like Thomas would have had a Scottish accent or something. <laughs> Thomas, Thomas, that's not theologically correct. Um, oh, Thomas, he is known throughout Scripture as Doubting Thomas uh, because many, many times over we see that Thomas just cannot see. He cannot see the best in circumstances and we come to know him as the disciple that doubts. But I wonder, we feel sorry for Thomas often, but I wonder how many times you and I have sat in the seat of Thomas and you would feel like Thomas in some of your circumstances where you prayed and asked God for something and you knew he could and you knew he would, but he didn't. And all of a sudden the doubts come crashing in and all of the questions come and you don't necessarily have answers to them. Maybe uh, you prayed for someone who's really, really sick and they didn't get better. And all of a sudden, everything you thought you knew gets pulled out from underneath you. Perhaps you got raised in church. You went to Sunday school and you learned about the God um, and you learned about Noah and the ark and you learned about Moses and all the Bible stories you know. And all of a sudden, you're faced with a circumstance that tests your childhood faith up against your adult circumstance. And for some reason, you can't reconcile those two things. Doubt begins to creep in. Have you ever felt like Thomas? Well, then it goes on to say, that Jesus makes his way to the house of Mary, Martha and Lazarus. And it says, as soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Have you ever sat in the seat of Mary? See, Martha went out straight to meet Jesus, but where was Mary on that occasion? Oh, she stayed seated in the house. She remained inside. Mary was like, why bother? Why bother? Jesus has come, but he's too late. Why, why even turn up now, Jesus? Like, if you'd come earlier, maybe you could have made a difference, but I don't see how you're gonna make this circumstance work out now. Why even bother? Have you ever felt like Mary? Disappointed. Disappointed and perhaps hurt. Maybe a bit of anger, a bit of confusion about some of the circumstances that surround you, some of the plot twists that have come in your life. Mary is disappointed because it wasn't supposed to turn out like this. And then we read in verse 21, it says, Martha goes out to meet Jesus and she gets to him and she says, Lord, where have you been? If you had been here, my brother would still be alive. 
what she's saying. She's saying, Jesus, you took too long. Have you ever thought that about God in your circumstance? You took too long. You took too long. And it says in the Bible that by the time Jesus got there, Lazarus had been dead for four days. Now that's super significant in this scenario when it comes to Martha because in Martha's time and in her day, there was a bit of a folklore that went around. It was a story that was told. And the folklore said that when a person died, their spirit stayed around for three days just in case they came to life again and that would be handy to have it nearby. But after the, on the fourth day, it left. This is not a Christian belief. It is not a biblical belief. It is not what Elam believes. It was like a folklore, right? It was like a, a story. It was like a, a, an old wives' tale, something that, a story that was told through generations. But this was the story. This was the folklore that was around in Martha's time. And so you can imagine in her thinking what might be going on in her head. She's like, three days maybe, Jesus, but four? Like, Lazarus is not just dead. He's dead, dead. Like he's beyond dead, he's dead and then some. Like it's way too late now, Jesus. There couldn't possibly be anything you could do. You took too long. Is he taking too long? Maybe you're waiting for that husband or that wife, that life, life partner. Maybe you're waiting for that miracle baby. Perhaps you're waiting for that like dream job or dream house. Maybe you're waiting for your finances to turn around. Perhaps you're waiting for your healing. Maybe there's a circumstance that just needs shifting. And right now you'd say to God, God, you're taking too long. Whether we feel like Mary, like Martha, like Thomas, the truth is that we all go through plot twists in life where we can end up feeling like our hope and our purpose and the promise has died. And we can feel dead in our doubt, dead in our disappointments, dead in the discouragement of the delay. And the question I have to ask today is, can God bring life to those places? Can God bring life to those places? Church, we believe that we serve a God who says He's the resurrection and the life. And we believe that He can bring resurrection and life to the hopeless, the broken, the desolate and the dying places of your life. And we as a church stand on the Word of God that says what things were broken, He can make whole. Where there was blindness, He can cause us to see that He can bring healing, wholeness and restoration to any circumstance. But what do we do in the meantime? What do we do? when the plot twist actually happens and we don't see the end of the story. Well, I've got four things, four things that I think we need to do if we're gonna get through plot twist seasons. And the first thing we need to do is we need to be honest with God. We need to be honest with God. Now, what I love about Mary and Martha is that they didn't hold back when it came to telling Jesus what they really thought. Like Martha, she goes straight out there and up to Jesus. She's like, Jesus, you took too long. 
Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Mary follows her after, not, not that long after when Jesus gets to, up to the house and she says the same thing. She says, Jesus, where were you when we needed you? Jesus, you, if you had been here, then Lazarus would still be alive. Oh, they didn't hold back telling Jesus what they really thought. And I wonder if there was a bit more dialogue that perhaps went on that wasn't recorded by the author of this story. See, I wonder whether there was some raw and some honest conversation that maybe went a bit like this, Jesus, I'm hurt because I feel like you let me down. Jesus, why didn't you come sooner? Why did you wait? Like, this isn't supposed to be like this. Why? I don't understand. I'm confused. I'm angry right now, Jesus. Church, when plot twists happen, God wants honest, real, and raw conversations. Why? Because He cares about you. And His promise to you is that He would shoulder the burden for you. In Matthew 11, it says, Come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In 1 Peter it says, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. Be honest with God. Be honest with God. Number two, when the plot thickens and there's a, a, th- a, a twist in the story that you just didn't see coming. Number two, we have to resolve that God is good. We have to resolve that God is good. This is a baseline foundational uh, belief that you need to build your life upon. Because when you are shaken, when you are threatened, when something comes that will try and pull the foundation right out of you, if you have not built it on a solid foundation that says, despite what I see looks bad, God is good, then you will be faced with a shaky foundation that will not hold you up to questions that you find yourself asking. We have to have a foundation that says, I know this doesn't look good and I know this might not line up with the character that I know of God, but I know that He is good. And because He is good, I know that He's got a plan. And because He's got a plan, I know it's gonna work out. We have to build ourselves on a foundation that says He is good. And it might not look good, but because He is good, I know He works out all things for good for those who are called according to His purpose and those that love Him. And I have got to encourage you today that you have to resolve in yourself that doesn't matter what it looks like, He is good. He's still God and He is still good. Number one, be honest with God. Number two, resolve that He is good. Number three, if we're gonna overcome and get through and journey through in wholeness, these plot twist seasons, we have to surrender our need to understand everything. We must surrender our need to understand everything. You know, I think so often when circumstances happen, we kind of all wanna know the answers, right? 
And even when people talk to us about their difficult circumstances, you kind of feel like you should have some answers, like you should be able to say something that would take it all and explain it away. But there are many things that I have experienced in my own life. There are things that I have watched others experience at close range, like friends or even people in our church. And then there are, like you would have seen, things I've watched through the TV screen and through social media, tragic events. And and I have no answers to any of those. In fact, most often than not, I don't understand any of it. I will never understand some of the things that have gone on in our world. Why would a man go into a mosque and recklessly fire and kill 50 people? Why does a young woman of 26 die of a brain tumour? Why does a mother of three drown at her local beach? Why do six beautiful young people and their teacher go out on a canyoning adventure and not come home? Why does a young American pastor of a thriving church with a beautiful wife and three kids take his own life? Why does a mother lose her unborn child? I have had to resolve myself to the fact that I will never understand. I will never have all the answers and I have to be okay with that. When the plot twists and something unexpected comes into our world that we don't have answers to, we have to be okay with saying, you know what? I do not understand and that is okay. The fourth and final thing we need to do when we're walking through these difficult seasons is we need to ask for God's peace. We need to ask for God's peace. In John chapter 14, it says, I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. John 16 says, and everything I have taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. Second Thessalonians says, now may the Lord himself, the Lord of peace, pour into you his peace in every circumstance and every possible way. The Lord's tangible presence be with you all. And this is one of my favourites in Isaiah 54 verse 10. It says, though the mountains move and the hills shake, my love will not be removed from you. And my covenant peace will not be shaken. Peace is a promise for you. And it's a promise He will keep. And I have to encourage you, in moments where all your peace feels like it's shaken, stand on the truth of God's Word that, he said, that it says that He has got a peace that isn't like the peace of the world. It is a perfect peace, a peace that transcends all our human understanding, and it's a peace that will bring a tangible presence with it. If we can apply those four things into our life during those plot twist seasons, then we can have conversations with God that look like this. God, I feel like you've let me down. And I know 
that this doesn't look like something you would normally do. It doesn't line up with who I believe you are. Because even now, I trust that you are good. And so I don't have all the answers and I don't understand. But what I need right now, Lord, is your peace. It's your peace. Did you know that in contained in your greatest loss, in, in those seasons where the enemy would threaten to do anything to what, what he's meant for evil, contained in your greatest loss is a seed for your greatest miracle. And Lisa Turkhurst, the author of a book called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, she says, there are always two layers to the story, what you see and what God is doing. There are two layers to your story, what you see and what God is doing. The end of our story goes like this in verse 38. It says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odour, for he's been there for four days. I love how practical Martha, always, always the practical one. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew you would always hear me, but listen to this. This is, this is the part they didn't see that only God saw. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. See, when Mary, Martha, the disciples and everyone around could only see what was right in front of them, could only see the circumstance set before them, Jesus knew what God was really doing. He was writing a different story because He always has a plan. Nine years ago, Steve and I were sitting on a ferry on our way to Waiheke with a four-week-old Judah. And Steve turns to me on this ferry. It must have been his new dad mind thinking, I think. He says to me, do you know what you'd do if this ferry started to sink? I was like, whoa, way to get all serious, guy. And I was like, no, I don't know what I'd do. And I said, why, do you? He says, yes, I always have a plan. And he began to tell me step by step what he would do to get Judah and I to safety. Since that day, He's, well, he told me at that point, he said, I always have a plan. It doesn't matter where I am or where I go, I have an evacuation plan sorted. Do you know how safe that makes me feel when I go somewhere? To know that when I'm with him, if I go by myself, I'm completely, you know, there's no hope for me. But when I go with him, I know that I've got peace because I feel safe because I know he has a plan. Do you know that God has a plan for your life? He always has a plan. He always has a plan. And did you know that He was setting into motion that plan before your plot twist ever came to be? He always has a plan. And I don't know what you're facing right now, but I'd love to pray over you that God's peace would be with you, that His tangible presence would be with you in the plot twist that you are seeing in your life right now. Believing God's best, believing His hope, believing 
that faith would be stirred again for His presence to come through in your life. Let me pray for you, church. Father, we thank You, Lord. We thank You, God, that You always have a plan. And even when we don't see it, that plan is unfolding in our lives. And God, I just pray right now over every individual and every couple or family sitting here in this place. And I thank You that You know exactly what they're walking through. You know the plot twist they're facing right now. And Lord, we don't understand. We don't have all the answers, God. We don't know why, and we may never know. But God, we trust that You are good. And that even though it might look bad, we know that You can bring all things together for good. And Father, right now, knowing all of that, I ask for Your peace to come upon them in Jesus' Name. God, that it would be like a tangible presence right there where they're seated, that there would be a peace that doesn't make sense in their own mind, but God, a peace that they cannot explain. It's a peace that's Yours. And God, I thank You that we can stand on the firm foundation of Your Word. We can stand through all circumstances, knowing God that You're with us. You never leave us or forsake us. God, we thank You for Your presence through all seasons. Church, I wanna do one more thing with every head still bowed and every eye closed. I wanna make, uh, give an invitation today to those of you who don't know Jesus. Maybe you're here at church for the first time or perhaps you've been coming along for a little while now, but you've never made a decision to give your life to God. Well, I wanna give an opportunity in just a moment. We're gonna pray a prayer and I would love for you to pray that prayer with us. Maybe you don't quite know what you need. Maybe you don't have all the answers, but what you do know is that whatever is in this place, you need it. Perhaps you're going through a circumstance right now and you know that doing it on your own is just not gonna cut it anymore. And you've come to the end of yourself and you need God to come through for you. Can I tell you today that God loves you and He's got a plan for your life that exceeds anything that you could ever hope or dream. We all mess up. We've all gone astray. We all try and do it our own way. The Bible says that God gave His Son Jesus to die on a cross, to die a sinner's death so that you and I could come into relationship with Him, which is His greatest desire for us and live a life eternal and live in freedom in our life right now. And the Bible says that for those who believe in their heart and confess with their mouth, they are saved. And so we're gonna do something in just a moment. I'm gonna pray a prayer. And if you're saying, Bex, I really want that. I need that in my life. Then you just have to pray it along with me in your heart. Make it your own, really mean it. Let's pray. We say, dear Jesus, thank You that You went to the cross for me. Thank You that You took the punishment that I deserved. Thank You that You have set me free. Forgive me of all the wrong in my life. I turn my life to You now and I ask You to make me brand new. I choose today to follow You. Would You be my Lord and my Saviour? I give the, the car keys and the driver's seat over to You and ask that You would take control and lead me where You would have me go. Thank You that in You I can have new life and that new life starts today. In Jesus' Name, with every head still bowed and every eye closed. I'd love to be able to pray specifically, know that I'm praying for you. 
And in just a moment, I'm gonna ask you, I'm not gonna ask you to come out the front. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything you don't wanna do. But we would love to be able to support you on this journey. And we'd love to be able to celebrate what God has just done in your life. And I'm believing that right now, all across this place, God is touching lives, that God is knocking on the door of your life. And I'm gonna count to three in just a moment. I'm gonna ask you to do something bold and brave. All I'm gonna ask you to do is lift your hands so I can see it, so that we can know who we're celebrating with and praying for today. Be bold, be brave. Are you ready? One, two, three. Awesome. Anybody here? Awesome. Fantastic. Anybody else? You're saying, Bex, would you count me? And I prayed that prayer for the first time. I'll wait for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Father, we thank you for changed hearts and changed lives. I thank you that you can take something that's broken and you can make it whole. God, I thank You that You can give new life to each and every one of us. And right now, I thank You that there is a party in heaven happening as You celebrate lost ones coming home. Come on, church. Would You give them a big shout of praise in the place today? Would You celebrate what God's done? Hey, if you made that decision this morning, I wanna first of all say that that's the greatest decision you could ever make. And secondly, you'd have one of these cards around you uh, that says connect on it. Uh, And on the back of that card, there's a place where you can tick that you've committed or recommitted your life to Christ. I wanna encourage you to do that because as you do that uh, during the week, one of our team will get in contact with you and help you uh, know what your next step is. Along with that, we've got a whole bunch of team in blue t-shirts that say count me in. They're there to help you, to help you connect. They've got a Bible that have some information that'll help you uh, make sense of this decision you made and help you know what to do next. And so I'd encourage you to find one of them, connect with one of them, talk with one of them, and um, they'll be able to help you uh, on this journey of faith. There's also a bunch of other things on that Connect card that you can take. And one of those things is Growth Track. Uh, our new Growth Track course is starting next week during our 10 a.m. service. So you can still come to the 11.30 service. You can attend Growth Track before, have some Krispy Kreme donuts, have some coffee, uh, get to know about yourself, get to know about how God has made you and wired you and, and begin to discover the purpose that God has made you for and how you can begin to make a difference. And I wanna encourage you that this course isn't just for those that are new at church. It's also for those that maybe don't know quite where their fit is. Uh, and if that's you, I wanna invite you to come along. I'm gonna be there uh, next week and all those weeks and I'd love to uh, host you on the course. So all you need to do is just tick that you wanna attend Growth Track and I'll get in contact with you during the week. And then next, we have a child dedication service happening next week in all our services. And if you've got a child that you'd love to dedicate to the Lord, all you can do again is just tick other and write in child dedication or see the info team uh, at the info booth and they'll be able to help you out and let you know everything that you need to know so that you can get your child dedicated. But uh, we're gonna take up our or receive our giving uh, in just a minute. And last week we had our vision offering and uh, I'm so excited to every year, year Pastor Luke's vision and heart for where we're going and what we plan to do with the money that uh, people invest into this vision. Uh, and I'm so excited to hear of all the expansion and changes that are gonna be happening right here or development right here at our Botany campus. And if you missed the vision offering, but you still wanna give into that, that's totally cool. You can do that through grabbing one of our special giving envelopes or uh, using your Pushpay app and indicating that the offering is for vision offering or even uh, giving in the normal ways, but just using vision offering as a reference. But right here, um, now we are taking up our normal tithes and offerings. And Church, I wanna thank you for being so generous. 
Uh, what we are able to do here in the people's lives that are impacted is a result of your generosity. So as the team get ready to, to receive that, I'm just gonna pray. God, we just thank you for your goodness, God. We thank you for your love, God. We thank you for your grace and your generosity towards us. We're so excited, God, for what you have in store for us, God, for what you're about to do and continuing to do. Uh, we just pray, God, as we receive the giving this morning, uh, God, that you'd bless it and use it to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Hey, church, why don't you stand to your feet? Uh,